Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Wednesday. It's game week. USC is playing Washington State this weekend, Sunday evening, early early evening, late afternoon, 4.30 p.m. Pacific on FS1. And we're going to do a preview show today talking with one of the Washington State beat writers, Theo Lawson. We'll have him up a little bit later on the show. I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on around the USC football program and answer some questions heading into our segment with Theo. If you have any questions or comments for the show, please email us podcast at uscfootball.com or call us or text us at 424-254-9141. Lots of ways to get a hold of us, but we would love if you have an Apple uh, device, go to the Apple podcasting app and subscribe first of all, and then leave a five-star rating uh, and review any of your comments, feedback, suggestions, any questions you have. We love to hear from you, so put those on the reviews, and uh, we'll read them on the air. And we'll, you know, we love to to have you comment there. And when you subscribe and, and share it with other people, it certainly helps us grow the show. Um, for today, what we had uh, for USC, they're supposed to start uh, full pads practicing today. Uh, they were pr- prior to yesterday's sort of strength and conditioning days. Tuesday's strength and conditioning day. They came back. Uh, they were set, they were off for seven of the nine days. Things had been shut down, uh, but now they're getting back at it. So Wednesday, they're supposed to have a fully padded practice, getting ready for the Sunday game. Uh, we'll have to keep a watch on the testing all week to make sure the team is healthy. We did get to hear from a couple of assistant coaches this morning that we haven't heard from so far this season, Kerry uh, Colbert and uh, Vic Sooto, so the wide receiver and defensive line coaches so they got to talk about their position groups a little bit um so that was fun that was a little bit different make sure you check out uscfootball.com we got a lot of details of what we heard during uh those interviews so um we're going to talk a little bit about uh what's going on um as far as what's going on in the world of college football there's been some talk about you know what uh, is happening with USC and Washington State. You'll hear from uh, Theo Lawson uh, a little bit later on in the show, kind of talking about where they are. It looks like Washington State is healthy because the, the Cougars have missed two games. So they had a little bit more time to kind of recover than from USC. USC situation, probably a little more um, susceptible to uh, any kind of new positive tests. We don't know exactly how many people are in and out of uh quarantine and Clay Helton wasn't really discussing that, I guess you could say, which players or how many players. Um, So as long as there's no new tests, it looks like this game is going to happen, but it's COVID, it's 2020. We just don't know. So we're going to go forward, you know, assuming this game is going to happen. Looks actually pretty good across the Pac-12. We haven't heard of any, um, the only, really the only negative aspect going on in the Pac-12 that we've heard of right now is Stanford. Uh, really having to go to the state of Washington and kind of get ready for their game. Um, they're, you know, the S- Santa Clara County, we've, I think we've mentioned this on every podcast, but Santa Clara County uh, declared that you couldn't have contact sports for three weeks. And 
the Stanford basketball team is actually in North Carolina for the quote uh, Maui Invitational. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And you know, right now they're playing uh, at Washington, and then they play uh, Oregon State after that. They probably will be staying up there and playing Oregon State uh, on the road. I believe that was already decided. Um, sorry, yeah, it was already decided that they would be playing Oregon State uh, in Corvallis. They they moved the the game there. So their final two games will both be on the road and they're going to have to get ready uh, outside of their state. So they're going to stay on the road. And it's really interesting that this is going on. I've had some people like on Twitter kind of questioning some of my logic about it. And, you know, and really you want to take the virus seriously. Everyone should. I think this is something that, you know, we want to make the country healthy. And I think if you're looking at the overall health of the country, you have organizations like Stanford football, Stanford basketball. Uh, Stanford football hasn't had a positive since July. I mean, that's an amazing track record where all these players are around each other. And the the 49ers and the NFL, they're doing their thing. You have these really almost closed environments. Yes, they're, they're not going to be – Stanford football is not going to be a, a threat to – society's health in Santa Clara County or the 49ers. They're going to be tested every day. Anytime someone's positive, they're out of circulation. They're in quarantine. Like these people are under, um, you know, doesn't mean they're always all going to be negative, but as soon as someone's positive, you're not worried about them going to the grocery store and getting people sick. They're instantly quarantined. So they're, they're in this somewhat controlled environment that will be better for the County for Santa Clara County than the average household that's in Santa Clara County. So by forcing them to move out of state, it just seems like you're now putting the health at, I mean, the the health of society at a much better, you know, higher risk. And so some people argue with me on Twitter about that, but I just, I mean, yeah, I I think if you're going to say any health department wants to do something to shut down the virus and you're going to never disagree with it. Well, sometimes they make the wrong decision with the intent of making people healthier. In this case, I feel like forcing the 49ers or telling the 49ers in Stanford, you can't play, forces them to go out of state. And now you're putting the rest of society at more of a risk instead of saying, you know what, we're going to give an exception to you guys like we have in the past because you're doing things in a much more controlled way uh, than, than everybody else. But that's not what Santa Clara County did. And now I think you're putting a lot more people at risk. They're going to, you know, Stanford football, Stanford basketball, they're going to be on the road out of state for weeks. And uh, just, I feel like it's just not going to be as safe an environment as it would be if they could be at home. Anyway, all right. So sorry, I'll be off that soapbox, but um, that's just where I feel about it. We got a text message from Ian in Santa Clarita. He said, so watching the Oregon-Oregon State game left me both feeling happy as USC, USC's rival in the North got handed a loss, while at the same time also knowing this is what the Pac-12 does best, beat each other up. Okay, my question is, do you guys see the way Oregon State's def- offensive line dominated the trenches against a much more talented defensive line of Oregon, a team that I believe ranked 12th nationally, uh, taking according to Pro Football Focus? This makes one think that it's obviously great to get four- and five-star linemen but look what you can do with two to three star linemen if they're simply coached up better and practice physically up front. Just a thought, Ian from Santa Clarita. I think it's a great uh, thought, Ian, for sure. I think, especially with linemen, you are seeing um, 
a lot of people that come in as projects that are 265 pound. They were a good tackle in high school and they grow into being a great left or right tackle or they, you know, they, they bulk up a little bit and they become a, a, you know, a crushing guard or we've seen centers and, you know, I just, yeah, I think development of linemen, especially offensive linemen is a real thing. And it's something that has honestly lacked uh, with USC. Like who are the, you know, the best linemen that you're seeing getting drafted and stuff uh, from USC um, lately. I mean, like an Austin Jackson came in as a five-star guy, a Chuma Doga came in as a five-star guy and, you know, they got drafted pretty high. That's great. But like, you're talking about those, those get, they came in as highly ranked guys. Um, you want to see more that are projects that, uh, you know, maybe they're a lower four-star guy and they become, you know, great. I think we like an Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, is someone that is really looks good. So I think there's someone, you know, you can see guys like that. You want to see more of that for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, and, uh, that's a, it's a really good point. I think that's something you want to see as far as, uh, developing linemen. And that's something that I think you know, has been an issue for USC. And it, it starts with some of the coaches that, that Clay Hilton had brought in and, um, and just maybe stuck with a little too long. Stephen Poway uh, said he has a question about Clay Helton's contract. Can you clarify for me? Did Lidswan really extend Clay, uh, coach Clay Helton's alleged four and a half million dollar a year contract through the 2023 season? If so, isn't it clear that Helton will be the head coach at least through 2022, regardless of how this season and next season turn out because the buyout would be prohibitively expensive. P.S. I know this season, he says, I know this may seem like it's coming out of left field, but I'm anticipating the fire Helton crew to start revving up again very soon. If SC starts losing some games, some of these close games rather than squeaking out victories and the whole thing seems pointless to me. If he's basically locked in for the foreseeable future, Steve and Poway. So Steve, yes. Um, we were able to put together, uh, information over the last, you know, several months about Clayton's contract. It's private institution, so we don't get to know exactly What's going on? Uh, but we did find out in 2018 because of the tax returns he made 4.6 million, I guess, per year. And you know, understanding how these contracts typically work at USC, we put a lot of this information in the war room um, about the kind of raise he would get every year. We were estimating it's about 200 grand a year. So for 2020, he's a probably a five million dollar a year uh, head coach. Also. We learned through sources that it was a fully guaranteed contract. So signed through 2023. So yes. Does that make a lot of sense? No. Uh, did Lin Swan do it? Yes. Were there other people around that allowed it to happen too? Yes. Are they all mistaken for, by doing this? In my opinion, yes. Um, we also know that it's not just how much money is left on your contract when you're talking about a buyout. So if you're going to say you average 5 million or whatever per year on your contract and there's three years left or four years left, say it's four years at 5 million, $20 million left. That's not just what you would have been paid. So if you would have been able to go through and fulfill those years of your contract, those four years, there's benefits that you would have received during those four years. That 5 million doesn't cover the benefits. And at USC, um, what the the language that we've seen in different contracts, not Clay specifically, but in the general contracts, 
the rate for a benefit is 33 and a third percent. So basically you, it's not just buying Clay Helton out for uh, $20 million. You have to add a third uh, onto that. So what is that? Another six, six and two thirds million dollars. Is that my math is correct? Yeah. So that's a pretty big expensive check to write. If you're, 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 we're spitballing the numbers, but yeah, something like that is uh, is tough. It puts Mike Bone in a much tougher situation than he would have been if he could have come in and maybe there was a five million dollar buyout, not a thirty million to. And really, the estimations got up to almost forty million dollars if you wanted him fired last year, um, because this con this year on the contract would still be there. As far as locked in through twenty twenty two, here's my thoughts. Um, just what I'm what you know what we hear what what I think just from talking to different people. There wasn't going to be a firing in twenty twenty uh, with the pandemic and all that stuff and all you know the contract like we said. I don't think it was going to be possible. At least the athletic department didn't feel it was going to be feasible to fire Clay Helton if they felt that was warranted. Right? Um, USC's three and zero right now. They're probably going to win the Pac twelve South. So there's like football reasons that you wouldn't want to fire him either. Um, but also, and I, yes, save it for the, the fire helping people, by the way, are not, they're not coming out of left field. They're not waiting around. They're, they're completely out there. I mean, they're, they're saying fire helping all the time, every day, all off season, win a game close, lose, doesn't matter. Like we're hearing all the time. So it's not like, uh, they're in hiding right now. They're the, the fire helping crew are not in hibernation. They're out in full force and continue to be. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying that that's, they're still there. But for for that, I feel like it wasn't going to be, the athletic department doesn't feel like it's going to be feasible for 2020, 2020. And so he's going to go into 2021. Now he'll start in 2021 regardless. And so that contract will essentially have been, it's not going to be thrown away. Like you're paying him for 2021. I feel like if USC wanted to make a move, they could do it with their two years left on his contract and make that buyout much more workable. They don't, I don't feel like they have to go all the way to the end of his contract or go to 2022. I feel like if there's a real reason that they feel like we need to make a change in, in 2021, that they could do that either in the season or afterwards. So if you're in the, the fire clay Helton crew that um, Stephen Poway mentioned, my guess would be if you're going to get your wish, it won't be until the middle or the end of the 2021 season. Obviously, got to see what happens and everything, but I don't feel like with the pandemic, with the, the shot to the athletic department budget, that it was really going to be feasible to do something like that. So that's my opinion on it. Um, you know, write in and give us yours if you have a different thought. One last one we got Justin in Los Angeles. This is uh, not really college. He says a high school football eligibility. He says, I have a question about whether California high school football players and other athletes will be able to gain extra eligibility similar to college athletics. My son is a high school freshman and he's missed his first season due to COVID. It's really difficult to know that my friends in other states have been able to watch their sons play. I do not intend on allowing my son to suffer another painful year of quote online learning with no sports next academic year, 2021 to 2022. Instead, we plan to just have him take a year off, but I'd want him to rejoin school as a sophomore and not a junior. Have you heard anything about whether the CIF will allow high school players to adjust their eligibility 
due to COVID. Thanks, Justin in Los Angeles. And Justin, I really didn't know. Um, that's not really an ex- my area of expertise. So I sent a couple emails out. Um, we do. We have heard that you know we knew the CIF was supposed to start up um, you know activities for high school, your know, practices and stuff. I think it was this week or this definitely this month. They've pushed that off until at least January first. So they're already pushing back on even starting the spring season. Uh, Blair Angulo, who does a great job covering uh, recruiting for 24-7 sports out here in the West, I asked him that. He said, and this is what he told me, he said, I don't think they will get the extra year of eligibility unless the player is held back or takes the year off. So if you do take the year off, maybe there's a possibility there. But if it's just you were out there trying to play, they're probably, according to Blair, they're probably not going to give any extra uh, eligibility. So hopefully that answered your question. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be back and preview USC and Washington State. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, back to the Peristyle Podcast. We got a special guest to preview the USC Washington State game. Theo Lawson does a great job covering the Washington State uh, football team and basketball team for the Spokesman Review. He's also uh, AP Top 25 football voter. Theo, thanks for coming on the show. Talk about the game. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's uh, it's been great. How long have you been on the uh, the Cougars beat? This is my fourth year on the beat. Uh, fourth year at the Spokesman. I. I, I I kind of count my years by football season, so so I covered all 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 uh, all of Mike Leach's last three years at Washington State, starting in 2017 and then 2018, 2019, and now this season with uh, with Nick Rolovich. So so fourth year on the beat. Yeah, it's uh, I really had some theories because we do uh, I do a Pac-12 podcast. We kind of try to cover all these teams as as you know deeply as we can, even though you know focus on USC. Um, I really felt like coming into the season, Colorado and Washington State with new head coaches. There was going to be some issues, you know, just because there wasn't any spring practice. There wasn't a lot of opportunities for these systems to get put into place. But, man, uh, both, uh, you know, Carl Durrell and Nick Rolovich have proved me wrong. I think just watching those teams play, uh, they just look like they've been around for a while. Were you surprised at all just to see how kind of quickly Washington State came out of the gate, getting a win against Oregon State and then and playing a, a, a really good Oregon team pretty tough? Yeah, I was I was obviously a little surprised. You mentioned Washington State not 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 getting any spring practice. There. I believe that they were actually one of three teams in the Pac-12 that, 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 that got no spring practices at all. I think every team at least got every other team at least got to start spring practice in Washington State with the new with the new offensive coordinator, new new head coach, new defensive coordinator. Uh, I, 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 I believe they're uh, they're the only team. Um, 
kind of restarting on both sides of the ball as far as as far as a new DC, new OC, uh, Washington, Colorado, both both have new head coaches and, and had had no spring ball at all. But 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 uh, both of those teams still still had at least one 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 OC, OC or DC returning, I believe. So 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 Washington State got no got no spring practice. Obviously lost a, a starting quarterback in Anthony Gordon and has 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 three quarterbacks that that, that, that had never had never taken a college snap and and, and Jaden Delora and Gunnar, Gunnar Cruz and Cameron Cooper. So 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 a lot of a lot of newness on on, on both sides of the ball. Not having spring camp, uh, spring camp obviously hurts a new program. So, so 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 Nick Rolovich has done a really good job of installing his offense in about four or five weeks and, and really getting Jaden Delore up to speed to, to, to be able to handle uh, the, the Pac-12 play right away. And, and he actually played really well against uh, Oregon State and Oregon despite despite losing the Oregon game. But, but they, they, they're they're probably a little bit ahead of schedule right now, and we'll kind of see what what's in store after this after this two-week hiatus. Yeah, for you know, unfortunately, didn't get to see the, the Stanford game or the uh, the Apple Cup against Washington. Because of COVID concerns, hopefully everyone's going to be healthy and, and ready for this one in the Coliseum now on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Uh, but for you, covering Mike Leach, this was this pass-happy air raid offense, scored a lot of points. Nick Rolovich is a very different kind of pass-happy, you know, uh, offense. Um, but it's, you know, I guess, what what have you seen are like similarities between the two and some of the the major differences between what, Mike Leach was doing and what Nick Rolovich is doing and more of the run and shoot kind of style. Yeah, I, I actually found it pretty interesting when 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 Washington State hired Nick Rolovich. A lot of a lot of the the the, the sell was that, that 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 he wouldn't be changing too much in the offense. That, that he was bringing his own his own version of, of kind of a spread passing offense. And after 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 two games, it really does seem like the, these two offenses are really are. Uh, Pretty different, actually, as far as the running shooting the air raid. Obviously, the, the quarterback isn't throwing the ball every play like like he was in the in the air raid. You, you'd have games where the running backs would have uh, you know, between three to five carries in the game if if, uh, if 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 Washington State was 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 doing really well passing the ball. But they'd only run it like you know five five five, uh, five ten times a game, maybe. So 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 so. Uh, uh, Nick Rolovich is, is is actually running the ball a lot more. Uh, Deion McIntosh, their 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 running back right now, has 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 thirty five uh, thirty four carries in two games, which which, which probably would would set a record a, a two game record in the air raid. Off. Offense. So, so uh, Nick Rolovich isn't afraid to run the ball and 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 and, and, and use the run to open up the pass and vice versa. And the 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 the, uh, the, 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 the quarterback is a lot more uh, uh, mobile in, in this offense. And, and Delora Delora is actually the second leading rusher in this team with with with, with uh, uh, 54 yards and has a rushing touchdown. So 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 he's he's pretty mobile back there. He can run and uh, does a lot of run pass option stuff where he'll kind of, he'll kind of roll out of the pocket a little bit, uh, scan the field, and either either take off or, or throw the ball. So 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 a lot of new dimensions in the offense. A lot of new things that. That, 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 that other other Pac-12 teams are, are going to have to prepare for, but, but still, still spread offense where where um, you're going to see a, a Jaden Delora probably throw the ball about 60, 70 percent of the time on Sunday. Jaden Delora really impressed me from what I've seen in the first couple of games. That's one of the other reasons I felt you know Colorado was having a safety play quarterback, and he was only a safety last year to be fair. But uh, and Jaden Delora, true freshman, and you're like still both teams have looked. Uh, pretty good. Jaden Delora, I've been impressed with him. USC's had trouble stopping quarterbacks that were that have some good mobility, even ones that don't have good mobility. Uh, so I think that seems like a pretty good matchup there. But what have you seen from this true freshman uh, you know, running a brand new offense and really not having a whole lot of time to, to prep for it? 
yeah, you, you talk to you talk to different players and coaches with, with, within Washington State's program, and then they they they, they say he doesn't really uh, act like a freshman, play like a freshman. He obviously comes from a pretty pretty, pretty storied high school program at, at St. Louis High School in Honolulu. Obviously, Marcus Mariota, Tua Tagovailoa, Jason Gesser, Timmy Chang, uh, Darnell Arsenal, uh, uh, Jeremiah Masoli also also came from um, that, that, that 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 St. Louis program, and there's there's a lot of pressure there to to, to even win the starting job. They, they, they typically have five to ten guys every year to uh, come out to play quarterback at the JV level, and a lot of those quarterbacks actually get run off and have to transfer because the the the, the, the competition there at St. Louis is so high, and and then a lot of those quarterbacks have, are, 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 are are pretty used to uh, winning state championships and playing under a lot of pressure. If you're the quarterback at St. Louis, you you're you're, you're you're expected to win state at least once, and, and Jaden Dollar did it twice and actually didn't did, uh, didn't lose a game. At, at the high school level until until they played uh, kind of this bowl game in Florida or uh, against a team from Florida in in Nevada last year. So 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 he hasn't lost a lot of games. He comes in with a lot, with a lot of experience and and then uh, really isn't phased by 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 the Pac-12 or playing D D1 football. So 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 I I I I, I, I really believe all, all the pressure he faced at, at, at St. Louis and Hawaii really kind of prepared him for this. And, and he he hasn't blinked since uh, since since he won the job about a month ago. Yeah, it's, it's a big-time program out there. I remember I traveled out there to interview uh, Tua Vailoa back, uh, back in the day. I think um, there was another USC uh, – there was another USC commit there, and I interviewed him and all that stuff. It was, it's a really cool uh, football program. They do a great job there. Um, you mentioned Max Borgie and uh, well, the running game a little bit, and he's just been such an impressive running back. We haven't got to see much of him – Yet, uh, how do you feel he can fit in this run and shoot? And what's uh, you know his status right now? Where where where's Max Borgie right now? Yeah, we're, we're we're actually not quite sure if he if he's going to play on Sunday, but but at the very least he, he is practicing with the team again. He, he hurt his back sometime in, in, in preseason camp, and we actually spoke to him I, I think two weeks before the first game. So 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 had to be sometime between between that uh, that point that that, that 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 interview we had with him and, and, and the season opener against Oregon State. So so we're, we're not exactly sure when it happened. We're not exactly sure what happened, but it is it is some kind of back injury that that's held him out for 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 for, for, for the first two games. But 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 he is practicing with the team again. I'm not really sure what his level of participation in practice is, whether he's he's practicing. With that, with, with a no contact jersey, or or if he's full go right now, so so I, I think that'll depend on on if he plays Sunday. Yeah, uh, uh, obviously moving the game back two days probably helps Borg as much as it helps any 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 uh, USC players. Uh, just, just 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 two more days of practice, two more days of recovery, and 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 and, and working back from the injury. But um, I I I, I, I I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure we're going to see a ton of him on Sunday just just because uh, the, I'm, I'm 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 guessing I'm guessing Nick Rolovich wants to ease him back in, and obviously the Cougars have have a pretty good running back right now, Deion McIntosh, and, and don't want to ruin a, ruin a good thing there. So 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 I could see maybe Deion McIntosh taking the first. Two series of the game, uh, uh, th- throwing Max in first series, and, and then and then putting Dion back here, back out for 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 the rest of the first quarter, second quarter, something like that. So so we'll kind of see how they rotate them, but but obviously uh, uh, everyone's pretty excited to see what what Max Borgie can do in the in, in the uh, the run and shoot offense. He, he, like like I said earlier, he, he didn't have many opportunities in the area to, to, to kind of run the ball and, and was, was a really productive uh, 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 r- uh, rusher in high school at, at Pomona High School in Colorado. Was I believe the two time player player of the year in that state. So so he he uh, he, he certainly. Um, is used to playing an offense that 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 runs the ball in high school, but but uh, obviously hasn't had, had the chance to at Washington State. So 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 we'll kind of see what happens once 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 Borgie's fully healthy and maybe gets between 15 to 20 carries a game, isn't catching the ball at the backfield as much, but but, but really really kind of running between the tackles and doing what he does well. Who uh, from the receiver group has sort of stood out for you so far? Yeah, the, the, there's actually two guys right now: uh, Renard Bell and and Terrell Harris. I, I believe that. They're actually one and two in the conference and, and receiving yards per game. And I think actually USC has has three and four in the conference. So 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 we're going to see the top four 
the top four players in the conference as far as as far as receiving yards per game. But but, but uh, Bernard Bell is a Los Angeles native. He he's got uh, 16 catches in, in two games, 218 yards and, and one touchdown. Travell Harris is right behind him with with with, with uh, another 16 catches and about 200 yards and actually two touchdowns. So 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 those are going to be the main two guys. That, uh, uh, both of those guys uh, playing the slot for 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 for, for Nick Rolovich. So, so 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 it seems like the, the running sheet is using the slot receivers more. Than the outside guys, or, or at least maybe that's more Jaden Flores' preferences is, 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 is uh, th- uh, th- throwing in the slot. But, but uh, behind those two guys, Jameer Calvin, another uh, Los Angeles native who, who had a bunch of offers coming out of high school. He, he was actually injured last year, so so, so he's he hasn't he, he hasn't played in a few years. Um, he, he he's he's their their their, their third leading receiver right now. But, but uh, most most of the balls have have gone to uh, Bell and Harris the first two games. Harris is a really interesting player who who they're they're, they're actually finding uh, more 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 more, uh, more ways to use him this year. He, he had a, he he had a couple of carries actually in the first game against Oregon State and, and took one of those about 50 yards to the house for a touchdown to, to, to kind of seal that Oregon State game. So so they're 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 really creative with how they're using both of those guys. And I, I, I expect both I expect both of them that both of them to get a lot of uh, uh, targets this Sunday against USC. The, uh, you talked about you know the some of the differences from what Nick Rolovich is doing compared to Mike Leach, you know using the slot receiver more, maybe running the football more. It seems like there's also more of a focus on the defensive side of the ball. How, how have you seen? It seems like he kind of gets it. Maybe the importance of defense more than a Mike Leach would have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, last year Washington State uh, defensively was just a mess. Their the, 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 the DC Tracy Clay's left 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 after uh, I believe it was five games. They had, had a really bad game against UCLA. Uh, uh, Washington State gave up 50 points in the, in the second half of that game and, and and lost that game after leading by 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 I think it was four touchdowns, about, about 20 28 points. So 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 that that was really kind of the start of the downfall for for for, for Waz's defense. And then they they also lost to Utah the next week and, and, and Tracy Clay's left left midseason and Washington State never really. Filled that spot and, and had an interim DC, uh, actually uh, uh, co-interim DCs, uh, two of them uh, for the rest of the year. Never really regrouped. So, so, so obviously uh, that was going to be a priority for, for for Washington State, whether Mike Leach stayed or not. So, 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 so with with, with Nick Rol- uh, Rolovich coming in, he, he knew a lot about Jake Dicker, who 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 was who was a DC at Wyoming, also in the Mountain West. So, so, so uh, Rolovich was pretty familiar with with what uh, Dicker had done at Wyoming, and and and, and uh, Dicker 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 uh, bring, brings kind of a different uh, uh, base defense to Washington State with, with more more of a fourth look with with two edge players on on the ends rather than rather than the three four that, that the Washington State had been running with with uh, with the rush linebacker that, 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 that kind of uh, uh, rotated a little bit uh, from 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 point D line to to, to, uh, to falling back as, as, as more of a linebacker so, so they, they, they actually have a true four man front now and it seems to be working a little bit better it's going to take some time to to to, 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 to kind of reach their potential but but, but you, you're, you're seeing improvements after the first two games and despite despite, despite giving up 40 points and, and uh, 30 points to Oregon State it still looks a lot better than it did last year. He seems like one of the guys, as far as uh, Jake Dicker goes, that likes to move guys down, get more speed on the field. So maybe that, uh, you know, that bigger safety becomes like a linebacker and, and you know, that bigger outside linebacker maybe is like a rush defensive end or something. Is, is that something he's been kind of doing, to, trying to put more speed out on the field? Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's always kind of been Washington State's mantra, anyways. You know, just just not being able to recruit the the, the big fast guys that that, that, that that typically go to Oregon, Oregon, USC, UCLA, uh, Washington. Uh, Washington State has to kind of do it differently and get smaller, faster guys, and and and. and Kind of use them in space a little bit more and free them up a little bit more. You see, you see linebacker Jihad Woods, a, a, a San Diego native, who's been one of the more productive players in the conference. I um, mean, he, he he had 
Um, no, uh, no other Pac-12 offers com- coming out of Helix High School down there in San Diego and, and has actually played really well at Washington State and actually kind of broke out um, in that USC game in 2017 when, when he, when he, when he sacks him Darnold late in the game to, to, to kind of seal that one up. So, so, so Washington State's always been able to, to kind of recruit these, these smaller guys who don't have a lot of other offers, but, but uh, uh, they always find ways to use them well. And, 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 and certainly Jake Tigger has, 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 has kind of the same, the same mindset there using, using smaller, faster guys and, and, and Having having some smaller players on the edge and have, having some smaller uh, uh, f- uh, faster linebackers and we'll see how that kind of manifests the rest of the year and uh, and in the next couple of years but 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 so far so good and I I think Washington State will always have to kind of recruit that way because they're, they're not going to be able to compete for 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 for, for big fast uh, defensive tackles and nose tackles that that typically go elsewhere. For um, special teams, what have you seen from uh, that unit so far under you know with what Nick Rolovich has brought in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's that, that, that's probably the best unit on paper uh, uh, coming back when you have when you have uh, uh, Blake Mazza, who was a Lou Groza finalist last year, one of one of the three best uh, kickers in the country, and he's four for four in field goals last year. I, I think actually made his first 18 field goals last year before missing against Oregon State. So so so, so he's he's certainly one of the better one of the better uh, place kickers in the country, and they they felt pretty good about. It. Pretty good about him and, and a puncher, Oscar Dragrisevich. Uh, uh, I still can't say that name after after three years. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he, he's he's one of the better punchers in the conference. I, I believe was was all, all Pac-12 preseason first or second team. So so he's he's one of the better ones too. So 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 between those two, they, they actually have one of one of the better specialists that do, uh, duos in the country, and and, and actually have a uh, uh, Travella Harris returning kicks, and he's been kind of an all Pac-12 guy as a specialist as, as well as receiver. So 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 he's he's a dynamic player, but. Both in the punt return and kick return game, so so, so Washington State had, has a pretty good specialist group, and uh, uh, you know, thank, 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 thankfully for for for, for Nick Rolovich, he, he didn't have to have, have to worry too much about that group when it came in. He had, he had to worry about the offense, defense, but, but but special teams kind of kind of took care of itself there. Um, one last thing, just wanted to see, uh, you know, we haven't seen Washington State in action for a couple of weeks. How do you think this one? You know, USC didn't get to play last week, so all this COVIDy stuff, we don't know what's going to happen. But what what are your thoughts going into this game? How do you think it's going to unfold? Well, well. Hopefully, we get to play the game. I, I think Washington State has probably passed its COVID issues. You know, it, it was it, it was during the Stanford week when 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 Washington State had nine players into the protocol. If all, if all those players had to had to either uh, quarantine or isolate for, for for ten or fourteen days, they, they'd all be out of uh, uh, isolation by 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 uh, at least today. I think it, at, at the very least by Sunday. So 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 hopefully 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 Washington State and, and the UFC can, can kind of field a full team and field fifty three guys and. Seven, seven defensive linemen, seven offensive linemen, and a quarterback. So, 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 so at the very least, hopefully, we get to see a, a, a game on Sunday. But, but uh, I, I, th- I think with 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 Washington State having, having a two week hiatus, uh, you know, it, it, it certainly helped get, get a few guys rest, especially especially Deion McIntosh in the backfield. He he he'd taken about every snap at running back the first two games. So, 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 so he he probably needed some time to cool his heels, and we'll see if we'll see we'll see if Max Borgie can can contribute there. But but just having a few weeks of rest probably helped him that way. But but at the, at, at the same time, you worry about rest after after after. after after playing two weeks and, and kind of getting in a groove, learning the offense, and getting to play real, real teams every week, uh, you, 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 you worry about a team kind of losing that. So, 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 so I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see, if we see kind of a slow first quarter, second quarter for, for both teams and a lot of missed, uh, a lot of missed opportunities, missed passes, uh, um, missed tackles, maybe. So, so we're going to see where that goes, and hopefully, hopefully, it's it's more of a smooth football game in the second half there. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. Hopefully, it's good played. So we. <laughs> You got two two opportunities missed, uh, you know, covering the, the Cougars the last two weeks. So hopefully this one will happen, even though it's going to be on a Sunday. Theo Lawson, follow him on Twitter, Theo Lawson, L A W S O N underscore S R, doing a great job covering Washington State for the Spokesman Review. Thanks so much for coming on, Theo. Yep, I appreciate it. Anytime, thanks. All right, that's Theo Lawson. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Parastyle Podcast, previewing USC Washington State, and we will talk to you next time. 
you've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 